pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to PGA Grinders Live After Dark. I am your host, Justin Van Zuden, and if you are watching us live on the Roto Grinders stream, you will notice that we are starting the show over for a second time. We had some audio difficulties the first time, so uh, if you're watching on Roto Grinders Live, you're just going to get to listen to the first uh, 10 minutes or so of the show for a second time. So we'll have some fun uh, with that, and if you are watching, on the Fantasy Network, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, we're happy to be with you tonight for 
another golf tournament, the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands. And it's a tournament that, uh, that I have been looking forward to a little bit more after that carnage at the U.S. Open where you saw people, you know, 1%. I think some tournaments were under 1%, six out of six making the cut on DraftKings. I scrolled through the $33 GPP on FanDuel, which had like 3,000 entries, and I found two that had eight out of eight make the cut on FanDuel last week. So it was just a strange week uh, at the U.S. Open. I got a chance to go out to Aaron Hills last week and, uh, and walk the course uh, with some of the groups on Thursday, so that was a lot of fun. Big thanks to Dan Bach for filling in for me on the show uh, this uh, last week. And this week, we have uh, another new co-host who uh, was with us a couple of weeks back when uh, somebody was away. I believe that was Debo that was gone that week. But uh, now Gib Pollard is on vacation for a month or so to Australia. So we'll bring uh, Pat Perry from the Tour Junkies back with us. And uh, Pat, it's nice to see you again and uh, glad to have you on the show. Thank you, Justin. It's glad to be back. I appreciate you having me. And uh, I made it through the carnage last week. I, I did have some Brooks Kepka, so I uh, ended up having some good lineups and, and cashed a little bit. So I, I was pretty excited about it. But it was a weird U.S. Open, that is for sure. I mean, just just crazy scoring, which we typically not see. But but it was a good week. Yeah, anything positive or a break even last week, I think <laughs> most people consider it a success. Obviously, congratulations to the people that won the big tournaments. That guy that won the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings, just dynamic lineups there. Uh, I had a lineup finish pretty good in a GPP with uh, with which had Adam Scott. So uh, had he made the cuts, it could have been a really good week for me. But again, a lot of people were probably saying that uh, if only you know Rory had made the cut or Dustin or Jason Day. I mean, it was just uh, carnage galore with the top end options at the U.S. Open. So ready to put that behind us and uh, and move on and we've also got Brian Devonshire with us as usual uh Debo I know it wasn't the best U.S. Open week for you but uh, how are you otherwise well you know man DFS podcasts are just a way to pass time between smoke breaks I'm doing great <laughs> well you seem to be very uh relaxed and ready to go for the show tonight how is the uh the summer river rafting coming along it was good. I actually spent Friday while the carnage was happening to my lineups. I kind of ate the chalk and just did it wrong. I was uh, terrible, terrible lineups. But I had a family of four Swiss, and only one of them spoke English. So I decided to learn all the things I say in rafting and Swiss German. So I was like, Forwards, Eins, and Wiesfasser. And it was a beautiful day on the water. Saw some bald eagles and a beaver and an otter. Just lovely. So the, audience, the audience doesn't know whether that was a legitimate uh, rafting type comment or whether you just cursed <laughs> at everyone. No, oh, that's a Swiss German for whitewater. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. well, see, <laughs> those, those cultural things are, are things you can only get here on the show or if you uh, talk to the, the people that Debo was with. But it's easier to, it's easier to get it through him and, and fun too, so... Uh, it is just, uh, it's a good week to move on past the U.S. Open. Aaron Hills just didn't work out for a lot of the uh, the top-end guys. Beautiful course in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, and a lot of people got out of the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, fairly quickly after a, a couple days of, uh, of poor golf. And, hey, that'll happen from time to time, although you know, that 1%, 6 out of 6 on DraftKings, is, is definitely the lowest 
that I've ever seen. Uh, you know, you see some weeks three, four, five percent, but uh, last week was just odd. And uh, so we're happy to move along. We've got a different style golf course this week. We've got a par 70 at TPC River Highlands. We're up in Connecticut, uh, 6,800 yards. So, you know, we're 900,000 yards shorter than what we were last week at Aaron Hills. And, uh, you know, you, you theoretically think that this type of golf course would set up well for the uh, the bunters, the shorter hitters, as opposed to the long drivers. Uh, but the, the course history will you know, it kind of uh, shows a different story to some degree. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, but just in general, as far as the uh, the golf course here this week, uh, Debo, what do we got uh, looking ahead this week? Well, this course is short and it's easy. The par fives are the easiest holes on the course. It was renovated a little bit before the 2016 contest, which removed most of the bunkers. There's 45 less now than there was before, but they've been placed strategically, which basically just highlights the accuracy a bit more. You know, if you look at the numbers uh, behind the course horses, certainly past champions are bombers, uh, you know, and guys that, uh, you know, past champions actually fit both of them old, but the guys who consistently do well here seem to be the bombers. Uh, Keegan Bradley, Paul Casey, Charlie Hoffman, Mark Leishman, Webb Simpson, Brendan Steele, and Bubba Watson is like the course horse of all course horses. So we're certainly going to learn uh, current form versus course history a little bit here with Bubba and stats because, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards targeting the more accurate guys. Um, uh, Tita Green, certainly stroke skinned approach is a big deal. It's interesting that the par fours, uh, eight of the 12 of them are between 400 and 450 yards. And on many of the approach shots come from 150 to 175 yards. So, a lot of stuff to look at here, but the renovations kind of altered those things a little bit. And I think we should take a closer look at some of the stats from last year as well. Yeah, it shall put the course history to the test, especially with Bubba Watson, nine edition, the last nine editions of this tournament. He has made the cut every time, two wins, a second, a fourth, and a sixth. So out of those nine made cuts for Bubba Watson, uh, five finishes of sixth place or better here. And obviously, uh, his form over the last couple of years heading into this event has not been, you know, vintage Bubba Watson form, but pretty hard to deny that course history. So we'll definitely put that uh, to the test this week. Uh, Pat, what are you seeing in general uh, regarding this event uh, course this week and, and what we've got in front of us here? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, another thing to mention is bent grass greens, but I think they're playing uh, pretty slow. They're not going to be very fast. So, I'm uh, not going to be looking at putting in particular as a, as a stat this week. But, you know, for me, it's going to be the birdie or better percentage. This is a scoring fest. You know, you look at Jim Furyk last year. He had a 58 out here. So um, they're going to be there's they're going to be able to just really score out here. And then, you know, I'm going to look at the strokes gained uh, approach stat as well as strokes gained off the tee. And then proximity. I think that's you know that one's been faring well for me when I'm looking at stats. Um, you look at these guys are going to have, you know, probably 125 to 150 into most holes. So I want to look in, in that category. So that, that's really what stands out to me from a, from a stat standpoint. And, you know, I think, again, I always try, try to look at the weather. I think right now though, the weather is just not going to be a factor at all. So I'm not, I'm not really paying attention to that at this point. Um, but yeah, you're, you're going to see these guys light up this course. Yeah. Weather looks pretty good. So especially if the weather is nice, uh, this course will certainly be scorable. You'll see winning scores have been anywhere in kind of that minus 12, 14 
uh, up even to, to almost 20 range over the last uh, eight years or so. So you'll see some birdies here. Uh, you'll see some fantasy points getting put on the scoreboard, which if you had a lot of guys miss the cut last week, uh, you might be looking forward to some birdies popping up, uh, some birdie streaks, bogey free rounds, things of that nature popping up on your uh, fantasy scoreboards this week. Uh, you mentioned the, you know, the, the approach play. This does set up as a, as a second shot golf course. If you are a good ball striker, are a good uh, second shot golfer, uh, you can certainly play well here. Lots of par fours in that 400, 425, 450 yard range. Uh, so if you get guys who can dial it in on that, on those par fours, especially on a course that only has a couple par fives, you can certainly have uh, some success. So I don't think it's, it's bad to target, you know, those kind of mid to low end uh, approach ranges this week and those par four scores. So keep that in mind. Although again, with Bubba's success here, maybe there is uh, something to be had for, distance uh, basically the best all-around golfer is uh, is going to win this golf tournament in general and uh, you want guys that uh, that can score and, and make some birdies so those are the types of golfers that uh, that we are looking at this week um, anything that we may have missed uh, Debo regarding the course or uh, general nature weather before we start uh, breaking some guys down here Weather looks pretty irrelevant at this point. Uh, wind looks balanced between Thursday and Friday. Chance of rain Friday, but, you know, it's all just noise at this point. Nothing really to pay attention to. I want to ask you guys, though, about what you think about birdie or better percentage, though. This being an easy course, uh, doesn't that kind of neutralize the guys who make birdies edge? You know, Jim Furrick isn't necessarily a guy who makes birdies or better and shot this 58 last year. You know, it's just like these slow bent grass greens make us ignore putting. So maybe we should be better off targeting par four birdie or better. I think that's an interesting angle. I hadn't really thought of that just yet. But yeah, you mentioned Furek shooting a 58 here and he is definitely the uh, anti birdie maker in general. So uh, Pat, you got a take on that? Well, when I mentioned birdie or better percentage, actually, that's that's the what I'm looking at is par four. So I probably should be more specific, but but obviously on a par seventy course, you're gonna have a lot more um, par fours out here. So I'm not I'm not really looking at overall, mostly par fours. But again, when you're looking at guy, especially a tournament like this where they're gonna be able to score out here, you do want to you do want to look to at your traditional scores. Now maybe Fura isn't typically. Um, but if I'm good, you know, all we got to go by is the stats. And so when you're looking at this, I think, you know, that's just one of those stats that you really need to pay attention to because they're going to have, you know, so many par fours that they're playing on. And, and, and I'm looking at specifically guys within their last 10 rounds. So I'm not, I'm not looking at our last 10 tournaments. I'm not looking at, you know, for the entire year. I, I want to, I'm, I'm factoring in recent form into that as well. All right. So with that, we can kind of get started going through the golfers here. And it's an interesting field we have. I mean, this is a stronger field than we normally get for the Travelers Championship. Uh, why? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, maybe it has to do with uh, the guys that missed the cut last week or the location of the U.S. Open. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, you've got Rory. Uh, you've got Spieth, who's playing here for the first time. You've got Jason Day playing this week. You've got other guys, you know, higher-end guys that have played here often like Bubba Watson, Snedeker, Paul Casey, but it is a relatively strong field, especially for the week uh, right after a major Justin Thomas, Daniel Berger playing as well. So um, it, it, it'll be really interesting. And this is something, you know, we've talked about a little bit, but 
Pat, what do you make of the the mental state of some of these guys? Say a Justin Thomas who had a chance to win the U.S. Open and faltered on Sunday. Brian Harmon, a chance to win the U.S. Open but couldn't overcome Brooks Kepka on Sunday. Are those guys, and I'm not talking to everybody that played last week, but those guys, um, you know, that, that played four rounds and maybe had a chance to win the U.S. Open, are they going to be ready to get after it, you know, just four days later at a tournament that's obviously much less in, in terms of prestige, uh, just, you know, just a few days after the U.S. Open? Yeah, I'm not as worried about Justin Thomas as I am about Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon, to me, is a definite fade this week. You know, he really has never contended in a major and, and obviously was there right there in the last group on Sunday. So I, I feel like the fatigue factor is going to be more so for him than maybe JT. Um, you know, this is a course that I believe JT can actually fare pretty well on. And, and, and I'm, I'm not really sure that he's going to be just a complete fade for me. But I do think, you know, and I actually will say I'm, I'm more interested when it's the week before the U.S. Open or before a major, like, like with Ricky Fowler, for instance, this year. He played great for the most part in the U.S. Open, but, you know, missed the cut the week before. So that's more what I pay attention to than, than really afterwards. Um, yeah, I think guys like Rory and Jason Day who missed the cut, they've had a few days to get over it. I think they'll still be probably, probably pretty focused this week. So not, not as concerned about those guys. Yeah. I'm not concerned again about those guys that missed the cut. If they're playing this week, I think they're ready to go, but I do have my reservations about Justin Thomas. I just, you know, he had a chance to win a major had that whirlwind 63 on Saturday and then just couldn't get anything going on Sunday. I just don't know how focused he will be. Now, if he's focused, he certainly has the talent and the ability to contend on this golf course. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll go through some of those guys and play those angles a little bit as we move further into the show. So uh, let's get started with the golfers this week. And uh, Debo, I'll let you start with the uh, the top end here. We've got Rory, we've got Jason Day, we've got Jordan Spieth, kind of in a tier by themselves at the top end of the pricing this week. So uh, who's your pick of the litter there? My pick's going to be Rory, uh, mostly due to ownership and him being a close second best to Spieth in the stats I'm looking at. They're both first-timers at this course. I do like the Rory narrative of him wanting to go pick up a six-figure paycheck to wipe his tears with about last week. I could buy the same with Day, but I don't think his form is, you know, really where we want it. Uh, his stats across the board are grading out pretty poorly. The only thing he's doing well this season is scrambling. I mean, he's 197th in proximity. It's, it's not pretty. So 162nd stroke skiing approach. So um, I think that Day and Rory are going to be significantly lower owned than Spieth. Spieth is definitely the best buy odds-wise, but I'm willing to pay the 200 extra for Rory at the lowered ownership. I guess I just wonder, like, how much lower is Day going to be than Rory? I'd say significantly. I, I just think everyone is off of day with the form. It's just been so bad. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's a tough tier to peg, especially the week after a major. I don't know what people are thinking, but I mean, we do have day in the projected ownership. We've got day, you know, 10, 12% lower than those guys. Hmm. I think that's fair. I, it's a fair take based on, you know, the, the form, I think they will be significantly low on. So we've got him at 12, 12% right now, um, which is uh, the lowest of the top five guys by a good margin. So, I mean, if you want to play the ownership angle, 
purely that and ignore the stats, I, you know, you, you've got to, you like to try to weight those two things together. Is the risk of Day's poor form enough to, you know, to take the risk when his ownership is half or around that of those other top guys? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I can pull the trigger on him this week. That's kind of where I stand on Day, but uh, I'm not alone in thinking that. So that will keep his ownership low. Vegas still thinks he's 11 to 1 to win this thing. Yeah. And that depends on where you look. Um, I know our Roto Grinders page has him at 17. So I don't know if he's either he's gotten better since that came out uh, or it's just, you know, based on where you look and odds are a little bit different in some places on him. I haven't checked several sources on that. So don't take that as gospel. But uh, Pat, where are you standing on these top guys? It, yeah, for me, it's going to be George Speed. He's he's the main one I'm looking at here, especially in cash games. I mean, he checks the box on strokes gained approach. He's number two in the field. And then you look at Burrier better percentage on par fours. He checks the box there as well and proximity. So, yeah, I think Speed is just the safe play here. So I'm going to have a lot of my lineups with him in there. And I do think, you know, I could see Rory being a decent GPP play. I, I, could, I could probably get – convinced to do him there I'm, I'm with you on Jason Day I'm, I'm just I'm gonna fade him this week and and probably gonna fade JT as well you know maybe put him in some GPP lineups but really Spieth in the over 10k range is is my main guy that I'm gonna target this week and and he's gonna be who I roll with yeah, I mean you mentioned the par four scoring for him is uh, generally pretty solid and where where Spieth has had the problem this year has been with the driver for the most part. He's been a little wayward off the tee. The putter tends to leave him at times, comes and goes. But he's been largely solid with uh, with his approach play. If you look at, at the stats, uh, let me see. I'm going to pull this up. I think he's first in proximity, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's tied with Ches Reby in, in proximity uh, year-to-date just uh, in total. So, I mean, he's still been pretty solid with his iron play, with his wedge play, and it's the other things that have left him. So if you treat this as a second-shot golf course, maybe he can club down a little bit on the tee on some of these holes and help help him out if the driver tends to be a problem. Uh, I think, you know, that lends to kind of what Devo said. I do think that Spieth will be pretty highly owned uh, out of these guys this week um, as far as the top-end options go. Day certainly the lowest owned of the bunch. And then you've got, uh, you know, kind of a, a tier, uh, a pricing tier uh, gap between those top three guys, Speed at 11.4 on DraftKings. The next guy is Justin Thomas at 10.2. You've got Paul Casey at 9.7. Justin Thomas could very well come out and win this tournament. I just, I, like I said before, I have my reservations with him this week. I'd rather pivot to some other options. So as of now, I, I'm not interested in Justin Thomas. It's not a personal thing. It's just a, a motivational question for me. Uh, and you've got, you know, solid options below. We've got Casey. We've got Reed, who's playing better. Uh, we've got Snedeker. Uh, you've got Leishman, Berger, and Steele rounding out the 9Ks. So plenty of, uh, of options in this tier. Uh, Pat, who's your favorite uh, guy or two in this uh, range between Steele and uh, Justin Thomas? I think for me, I'm going to go right at the bottom there. I like uh, Berger and uh, Steele. Those are going to be my two favorite here. Um, I may sprinkle in a little bit of Casey. He's obviously been in good form. Uh, but Steele just is a machine for this course. Checks the box on proximity. Also, strokes gain tee to green, strokes gain approach, and par four scoring uh, from that 400 to 450-yard 
um, Mark, that, that Devo mentioned a little bit earlier. So I think Steele is, is a very good play at 9,000. Uh, and then looking at Berger, you know, he, he coming off a win over at, at FedEx St. Jude, he missed a cut at the U.S. Open, but I, I'm not going to really factor that in too much. I think he's in good form. He checks on birdie or better percentage. Um, strokes gained off the tee, and uh, I believe he's sixth in proximity in that 125 to 150 range. So I, I think uh, those two guys are who I'm going to zero in on in this in this range. Yeah, I mean, they save you a little bit of salary. I think you can certainly anchor a lineup with guys in this range. You know, if you're fading the top options, you can look to steal. Uh, you can look to burger those kind of guys. Uh, Casey is a guy that uh, that I like this week. He's, again, he's mentioned how much he likes this course. Uh, his, his results here, I think a 17th and a second, the last two times he's played this event the last two years. So um, really good ball striker. He's in the top five in ball striking and uh, strokes gained approach this year. So uh, Casey's my guy in that 9K range. Again, there are certainly other options you can target, but uh, Casey is my preferred play. Snedeker, I like a good bit as well. Uh, the, the wrist injury just kind of kept scaring me off, kept scaring me off, but uh, followed his group for a little bit. Uh, didn't see any sign of injury from him, and he's coming off a top 10 at the U.S. Open. So I think we can put the injury concerns behind us with Snedeker. Uh, Debo, who's your 9K guys that you like this week? Casey is my 9K guy, although I do think that Justin Thomas might have a little bit of motivation come off coming off of the Open also. He kind of likes the attention in that 63, and he choked on Sunday, and I think he might be a little motivated to be like, I'll show them. But Paul Casey is where my lineups are going to start. If you look at Pinnacle, he's a favorite over Justin Thomas head-to-head -head in this tournament. If you also notice there, Rory McIlroy is a favorite over Jordan Spieth. So if you really want to play Spieth this week, you're probably better off just betting Spieth straight up over Rory. So that way you're not, you know, taking the underdog at a higher ownership. So um, I wonder if, like, I'm kind of wanting to go balance. I want to start with Paul Casey. Uh, I guess part of that may be residual fear from the carnage up top last week. And I guess if that drives Rory's ownership down, then I may go that way. But right now I'm leaning, starting with Casey and then going down to Brendan Steele. I absolutely agree with Pat. He's probably my favorite play on the board, uh, all price tag considered and everything. Great stats, great form, decent course history. Uh, really tough to argue with Brendan Steele this week. Yeah, the only guy in the 9Ks that we didn't really hit on a whole lot uh, is Leishman, who seems to be drawing attention this week. Uh, let's start with you, Devo. You got a take on him, uh, Leishman? Yeah, I like Leishman also this week. He's probably my uh, third favorite option in the 9K range. Uh, he's a past champion here. He's not very accurate off the tee, and his proximity isn't very good either. But he's in great form, and uh, yeah, his course history again. And uh, he may go overlooked by the Vegas odds guys. Uh, Snedeker is a better buy, and so is Berger. Uh, I kind of think Berger's a trap. Uh, the stats that I'm looking at just don't grade out as well for me, but um, not necessarily looking at the birdie or better stat as much. Yeah, and I mean, if, again, if you don't feel comfortable with the guy in here, there's certainly plenty of pivots. You can pivot to Leishman if you don't like Berger, or you can pivot to Steele if you don't like Casey or something like that. So uh, it's an area where you might see the ownership spread out to some degree, and uh, it'd be an area where I'd just be comfortable taking my top guy um pat you got to take on uh, on leishman 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, Leishman's a guy that um, he's, uh, we actually, if we, we wrote, wrote him up in our um, shot in the arm, great, fantastic four, uh, if you check that out on the in the marketplace. So we are liking Leishman this week. I think, you know, he's, he's a guy that obviously has fantastic course history here. He won here in 2012 um, and I believe has a few other top 10 finishes. So, and it's just playing well this year, 12 of 14 cuts made out on tour. Uh, with a win over at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So uh, I, I definitely like Leash. I, I think he's one of those, if you want to pivot off of Steel or, or uh, you know, or, or Berger, uh, Ho, I mean, I can go with him. So. He's, uh, let's see, mentioned the win in 2012, 30th, 11th, 39th, and 9th uh, in the last five years, including that win in 2012. Mm -hmm. So uh, pretty good uh, results for Leishman at this course, and uh, again, I, I think, you know, it, we should see things normalize a little bit this week. You shouldn't see all of these top-end names miss the cut like you saw with a lot of them a week ago. Uh, Patrick Reed even seems to be playing better golf lately at 9,500 on DraftKings. I certainly don't think he's a, a guy that will attract a ton of attention, especially with all these other good names. But uh, if you play the recent form angle, excuse me, he has been playing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, that takes us to Brian Harmon. Uh, Pat pretty much already got your take on him at 8.9K. Paying that much for Brian Harmon really doesn't get me too excited. Uh, he looked dejected if you watch the end of that U.S. Open uh, that he couldn't uh, pull that out. But on the 18th hole, he just uh, – you know, he was playing that final hole for a chance to get second by himself. And it, it just, it really, it looked like he wasn't into it, even though, you know, the, the pay difference between a tie for second with Matsuyama and a solo second was like a hundred and some odd thousand dollars. Uh, it just, it looked like it was really hitting him that uh, he couldn't quite pull it off and he was so close. So I'm kind of with you on the Harmon fade this week. Uh, Debo, you got to take on Harmon or uh, else your favorite 8K plays. Yeah, I'm with you guys on the Harmon fade, and uh, that emotional narrative makes sense to me. kind of feel like he's a trap at 34 to 1, according to Vegas. I definitely like the guys in his neighborhood more than Harmon at uh, better odds. So uh, I'd rather pay up for Brandon Steele or down to Tony Finau or Kyle Stanley. I reckon by the end of the week, I'm going to be more interested in Kyle Stanley because uh, people just like playing Tony Finau. Um, Finau also has course history going for him. Well, Stanley really doesn't, but this is a different Kyle Stanley these days. Yeah. Uh, Stanley grades out better statistically, but Finau hits it a lot longer. And I certainly think that uh, Finau keeps him in the fairway. He has a better chance of winning this thing, but uh, I just worry about his ownership. Yeah, I mean, people like playing Finau no matter the course. It's uh, he, he rarely lets you down completely, but uh, he, he will be highly owned. Uh, Stanley, I forget what tournament it was. Uh, I should pull up his uh, log here. The tournament with the miscut uh, was the Dean and DeLuca. <laughs> Everybody was on Kyle Stanley that week, and it was the one week over, like, the last three months. Like, if you look at since the beginning of March – 27th, 17th, 8th, 59th, 4th cut, 6th, and 27th. And the one week he was chalk was there was enough trending upward where everyone finally got aboard the Kyle Stanley train for the Dean and DeLuca. And uh, he let everybody down. And then uh, the ownership tanked, and now he's 
pulled off a couple decent finishes again. Uh, just weird how that works sometimes. So yeah, you, you won't see massive, massive ownership on Stanley, especially with that price tag. You know, people will, will see these other options and, and go for them. Uh, Pat, what are your takes on these high 8K guys uh, after Brian Harmon? Well, I do agree on Tony Fee now. I, I think um, he is probably going to be higher on, but I'm going to play him this week. I mean, if you just look at where he fits on the stat categories, he's he's right there in all of them. Birdie or better percentage stroke scan approach. Um, you know, he's got good course history with two top 25s here. Um, he's number one in efficiency, par four efficiency from num- uh, 400 to 450 yards. So, um, and he's number two in um, strokes gained to the green. So I think Finau is, is you know, he should be played. I mean, I, the ownership, yeah, it's going to be high. But I think especially in cash, he, he is a definite play for me. Stanley, and that's the biggest, you know, Diva mentioned both both these guys. And, and that's kind of the, I think you got to plant your flag on one of these guys. It's either going to be maybe Finau or Stanley. For me right now, I'm kind of fading Stanley. I just, and I, and I typically am more of a course history guy. He's missed four cuts here. Uh, so that concerns me a little bit. I do think when you look at the stats, he fits right there with with anybody. Um, but I'm probably he's probably going to be a fade for me. And um, you know, really, that's that's probably about it for you know that over you know 8,500 range. You know, Zach Johnson might interest me a little bit. I think there's there's a case to be made for him. Um, so he I could he could end up finding his way into my lineups as well. I like how Jim Furyk finally made his first cut in forever. He met, he had missed five consecutive cuts, and he gets a 23rd at the U.S. Open, and boom, Jim Jim Furyk is $8,500 on DraftKings. Um, I I look, I know the 58 and the cool story and all that, but uh, I am not paying $8,500 for this year's version of Jim Furyk. It's not happening. Um, I you know if his odds are inflated. It, it's probably because of the public perception and that 80, uh, that 58 here. It's just a uh, note to Jim Furyk for me. I think uh, Watson, I mean, Watson is obviously an interesting case because uh, the pink golf ball, the yellow golf ball, the green golf ball, the blue golf ball, whatever he's hitting these days, it's just outside of a good performance at the Memorial. It hasn't been a great year for uh, Bubba Watson. And now he's 8,400 but he's dominated at this place. So what do you do with Bubba Watson, Devo? I guess before I tell you what, ignoring projected ownership, if you're just playing, if you were playing a cash game lineup and then we'll talk about with the ownership, because I have his projected ownership up here, but if you were playing cash games, like, can you play Bubba Watson here? I mean, it depends on what your paradigm is. If you're a Vegas odds guy, then your lineups uh, start with Bubba Watson because he's like 33 to one, which is about the same as Leishman. You're 900 bucks cheaper. If you're a recent form guy, then you fade Bubba Watson. If you're a course history guy, then you're on Bubba Watson. So uh, I'm more of a recent form stats guy, which has me off Bubba Watson. Uh, and I think and, that those other things will increase his ownership. So that would have I, me off my cash games, but. I mean, and I can, I can definitely plant the flag for you in tournaments when I tell you that right now we have Bubba Watson projected as the highest owned golfer of the yeah. week. Yeah. Well, easy fade for me there then. Yeah. I don't think it'll be quite that ambitious. I don't think he's going to be the highest known. Um, I think you'll see some of the other top end guys eclipse him, but uh, 
you know, the, the course history guys will certainly be on him. Uh, that information having been said, uh, Pat, where are you stand on Bubba this week? Nah, I just can't. I can't play Bubba this week. He's he's uh, your course history guy. I am, but I like recent form, like you said as well. And I just he's just he's just not going to be in my lineups. I mean, look at it. I mean, it, it's again. I, and I will say this: I do you know like course history. I'm a course history guy, but recent form is going to trump that for me. So in this case, he's out. He's out for me. So. Yeah, and I, I am really interested to see where his ownership goes. I mean, if it's uh, – he could be all over the map. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at 25, 30. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at 15. Uh, it just kind of depends on how that buzz uh, goes throughout the week and, uh, and where people end up. I didn't expect him to be quite that high in ownership because of his form this year and that price tag. But, again, a lot of the price is probably driven off of Vegas odds. So, the other – I mean, we've been through most of the 7K guys. The other guys, you know, it's kind of a dead zone here. I suppose Chad Campbell played pretty well his last tournament. Um, but, oh, but, I like Chad Campbell. Okay, go ahead. You can give us the case. I, I wasn't trying to dismiss Chad Campbell entirely. Go ahead. No, I think I think he's definitely worth a play. I mean, you look at it, um, he checks the box on proximity, strokes gain T to green, approach, and his recent form's been pretty good. So, I'm not going to be afraid. I think 8,000 people are going to look at it and say, I don't want to play, pay 8,000 for Chad Campbell, but I can, I, I'm going to play him this week. I, I like him. So it, he is, uh, he's going to be a good play for me. So, so there you go. A little Chad Campbell love. David always loves some Chad, but this week it's going to be me. So, well, then you're probably both playing then. You probably don't have to convince He'll probably, he'll probably mention him on the show tomorrow night with you. <laughs> All right. I have to try to come up with a rebuttal for the uh, Sirius XM show. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't hate Chad Campbell, but I did exactly what you said. Uh, Chad Campbell's 8K. I'm probably not going to play Chad Campbell. So, uh, anyway, Chad Campbell notwithstanding, there is kind of a dead area here in terms of pricing from the low 8Ks to the high 7Ks. Not a ton of names in here. And I think you'll see a lot of people that will just – uh, any other guys uh, in the low 8Ks or high 7Ks, uh, Devo, that you've got pegged this week? And no, Chad Campbell was the only one that even crossed my radar, but uh, Vegas has him at over 101 to win. I just can't ignore that. There's too many options cheaper than him that are also going to be unpopular. Yeah, lots of uh, – there's some names in here that played well at the U.S. Open if you – I uh, want to take that recent form angle. David Lingworth has quietly put together three consecutive top 25s, uh, 21st place finish last week. I can't pay 7,600 for him, but Xander Shoffley came uh, out of nowhere with a fifth place finish at the U.S. Open. Uh, Jamie Lovemark played well for a couple days. You've got the defending champion of this event, Russell Knox, in this range, but he hasn't had the greatest of years this year. Um, so, you know, anybody else uh, in this range that does anything for you, Pat, uh, besides Chad Campbell? Uh, yeah, we're talking seven now. Is that what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, high sevens, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think um, looking at high sevens, maybe Jamie Lovemark, I think he could be a guy that I might play. I, I'm I'm really zeroing in more on the, the lower seven guys. Um, but, but Lovemark, you know, again, he's been playing well. Um, he's, you know, strokes gained approach. He's, he's up there in that category and off the tee. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with, with Lovemark. So he, he could, he could definitely be a pretty good play this week. 
I love Mark tends to be hit or miss. Uh, you know, you see him have yeah. really good rounds and um, more of a play that, that would be better suited to a GPP lineup than a cash game lineup. Um, but $7,700 fair price, I think an interesting tournament uh, name to mention for sure. So we get into the lower seven Ks. Uh, we've got some um, options in here that, that I think, you know, the, you, you see better odds than some of these guys and some of the higher seven K guys. And, uh, you know, the first guy that jumps out to me as far as, whoa, this guy is going to be pretty popular, especially on DraftKings more so than the other sites. Uh, Charlie Hoffman at 7,300. That seems to be a misprice to me. I think you have to lock him in in your cash games. GPPs, you know, it depends on the ownership, and I think he will be up there pretty high. Uh, Devo, what say you on these low 7K guys and uh, the flowing locks of Charlie Hoffman? Yeah, I mean, Charlie Hoffman just seems like a mistake. He would be fairly priced at 8.3K. So, uh, I mean, if you tell me his ownership is going to be lower than 20%, I'm probably still going to play him in GPPs. He's just he's just a free square, basically, when, when it comes to this golf stuff. So, there's some other options down here that, you know, if he is going to be chalky, I think we should pivot off of him. But, yeah, it's just such a silly mispricing, which is kind of a shame because – you know, it just really makes like these AK guys like Campbell and Lovemark is another one I'm interested in just bad plays as far as like, you know, points per dollar go. But uh, I don't know how popular is Charlie Hoffman going to be. He is pegged right now at 17%. That's it. Well, I would think I would think a little higher than that for him. Yeah. To be fair, this we're just dealing with the first update here, and he, and uh, Trey, you know, adjusts these as the week goes on, and he sees, you know, the buzz that people are getting. So, uh, probably will trend higher. Probably will get towards that twenty range that Debo mentioned. It's probably gonna be right on the fringe of your, you know, will I still play him anyway? Your little twenty percent arbitrary number that you threw out there. That's probably where he'll end up in terms of projection. I, I don't know. I think it is a really interesting case because the price does seem too cheap. You said he'd be fair at 8,300. Ironically, 8,300 is exactly where he's priced on FanDuel. So, um, and the pricing, you know, FanDuel has a lower floor, sometimes a, a lower ceiling, but in general, these mid-range guys are kind of around the same price on both sites. And uh, Hoffman is 8,300 on FanDuel, where he'll be a little bit lower owned uh, over there. I got to mention, too, you know, real quick, he's, he's actually 15.5 on Fantasy Draft. So, if you look at just the pricing on fantasy draft, which is, you know, that's right around Finau and, you know, Berger and those type guys where he's, you know, 7,300 on, on, uh, on DraftKings. So it's just, it's just odd pricing to, to see this week for Hoffman. I think he's just an obvious play in this range on DraftKings. Yeah. I mean, he's made the cut here. I think, uh, let's see. I've got that up here. Uh, one, he's two, three courses. Yeah, it's the absurd. last six, the last six times he's played here since 2010, he's made the cut every time. He's got two top tens, nothing worse than 43rd. So, uh, really solid. It's it's hard to poke a hole in him uh, at that price. Other than you know, if you think he's going to be massively owned, it's uh, and there's other plays in here. I mean, uh, Pat, I'll let you go through a few other of your uh, lower 7K options that you like. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Emiliano Grillo is, is very interesting to me at 7,200. Uh, a guy that usually puts well on bent grass greens. So I, I think he will be, you know, part of my lineups, you know, he checks the box on tee to green, also off the tee and approach. 
he's another guy right there next to Hoffman. I think that's just mispriced. Like if he was up in the 8,000 range, you know, the lower 8,000 range, I, I could easily see playing him. Uh, and then Young Hun An, um, right there at the bottom at 7,100, another guy that's just been playing really well, uh, should fit this course well. So I think, you know, he checks the box on proximity and almost all the strokes gained approach uh, or strokes gained stats right here at the bottom of the 7K range. His price just doesn't seem to move. He's always kind of in that yeah. range, no matter uh, what the tournament or the uh, the strength of field. So solid cash game play there as well. I think he'll be uh, somewhat popular. I also must mention, I got my PlayStation uh, trophy this morning. Achievement unlocked. Got my trophy. I was blocked by Grayson Murray on Twitter. Oh, uh, I saw that. I, I have hey, never, <laughs> I have never once tweeted Grayson Murray directly. Uh, I did respond to a conversation regarding Grayson Murray in which I specifically untagged him in the reply, uh, but he must have still seen it because I woke up this morning and I was blocked by Grayson Murray on Twitter. So achievement unlocked. I am now the 150th. <laughs> that was my first reaction as well. I got, uh, I got a nice chuckle out of that. That's fantastic. I mean, like, congratulations, Justin. It's Thank like you. you made it on some level. I have. I got blocked. Very impressive. <laughs> Grayson Murray's made a bunch of cuts in a row. Yeah, he, ha he uh... has been playing pretty well. <laughs> he has. I don't care. I'm never playing him. I don't care if he becomes the next Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look very good statistically for this course either. So good. There's, there's a reason not playing there. Uh... <laughs> Keegan Bradley looks pretty good statistically there, <laughs> but uh, I'm off Keegan, sadly. I mean, not sadly, because there's a guy that's going to be less popular than Keegan, I think. A little bit more expensive, Bud Colley. Uh, real good stats and form. Uh, not exactly a popular name. What say you about Bud Colley? Yeah, Pat, I'll let you jump in. You got thoughts on Bud Colley, and then I'll uh, respond. Yeah, I think the key with, with Bud Colley that you see is just his recent form. I mean, the guy's been playing really well this year. Um, you look at just his last few tournaments. I mean, he's got, um, you know, just pulling it up here. He did miss the cut at the U.S. Open, but uh, before that, you know, he had two, uh, four straight top ten finishes. So I could definitely see playing some some Bud Colley this week. Um, it's a good price for him. Uh so yeah, I'm 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 good with him. I'm good. Yeah. I like him a good bit too. And I, I mean he'll he'll carry some ownership, I think, but not massive. I mean he's not he's definitely not a guy that you have to worry about fading due to ownership. So uh I can I can get on board with that as well. Let's see. That uh so that takes us through oh about the seven point two range. Uh unless Patty, I mean if you've got something uh Anybody else in between there? Or otherwise, there's a few options at maybe 7K, 7,100 as well. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would add here is that I think, um, you know, JT Poston is going to be a guy who's probably a little bit higher owned than he should be this week. He's a fade for me. Um, I just don't like his recent form. Um, he just – he hasn't been, you know – and I think he's a really solid player. We've had, had him on our show um, but, but I think a lot of people are, are going to probably gravitate a little bit towards him. Um, but you just look at his last four events, he's, he's missed three of four cuts. So if you want to fade right here in this lower 7K range, uh, ho, uh, JT Poston is going to be, be my guy here that I fade. Funny, funny 
funny story on him uh, real quick. When we got to the U.S. Open on Thursday, uh, we got there pretty early, and we were watching the first groups tee off on the first tee. And he was in uh, the second or third degrees in one of the early groups um, to tee off. And uh, he was the first person to find the fescue at uh, Aaron Hills. But he hit his drive on the first hole so far right that he was actually – right of the deep stuff and to where the they had a path set up for the spectators to walk to follow the groups so he actually caught a break on the first hole because he hit it so far right that he was in the trampled fescue where the people had been uh, you know shuffled to a uh, walk through and he actually had a decent lie over there and hit it you know, he was able to hit it about 200 yards out of there uh, so he was the first person to find the fescue at Aaron Hills but he was able to to hit it out but it, it, that was just a synopsis of his first round there he shot a 78 in the first round at the u.s open and just really wayward with the driver didn't seem to be uh you know happy with the way he was hitting it there with the few holes that i saw him play that first day uh so yeah he's kind of off my list as well this week but uh he's a fade there you got anybody else you like in the uh, 7ks that we haven't mentioned uh, I, I think that's about it for me. Um, I'm going to be, you know, there's a few guys here in the 6K range that I like just below there, but that, that's going to be it for me. Sure. You got anybody else in the 7K, steve Yeah, I like Graham a lot. Uh, I agree with Pat on Emiliano Grillo and Ben on, um, but I think Ben is probably going to be more popular than Graham or Emiliano. So I'm going to go that way, and I'm with you all on the Postings fade. I'd rather play Seamus Power so the same price. Uh, let's move on to the 6Ks. All right, fair enough. You start us out with the one or two that you like. All right, I'll open with Ches Reevy, 6.9Ks. Got a very nice stats uh, form and decent course history. Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to gravitate towards Webb Simpson at the same price tag, who also seems pretty underpriced, like the Charlie Hoffman sort of way. And Adam Hadman is a dollar cheaper, who uh, also seems pretty underpriced. But I think Chez is an excellent GPP pivot off of those obvious cash game plays. Yeah, Reeby is the guy that's right there. When I pulled up proximity uh, in total earlier, uh, Reeby is actually tied with Jordan Spieth for the uh, top mark this year, just ahead of uh, Kyle Stanley. So uh, Reeby's been playing pretty well as uh, of late, too. So I will have some exposure to him myself. Uh, Pat, who are your favorite uh, 6K guys? Uh, well, first, I, a little note on Ches Reeby. We actually got, uh, before he played well, uh, I guess it was a FedEx St. Jude Classic uh, before before the U.S. Open. Um, somebody who follows us on Twitter mentioned that they played with him in the U.S. Open qualifier, and he was just hitting it lights out, every single green, every single fairway. So I can definitely get on board with Ches Reeby. Um who uh, probably Webb Simpson, I think, is probably going to be my favorite here, here in this range. Um, you know, 6900 just is not a correct price for him. As long as he has the putter rolling, he's been playing really well this year. He checks the box in proximity. I think he's number three in the field in proximity. So I will have some Webb this, this week. Um, another guy I'm going to throw out that uh, David actually laughed at me a little bit on, on the show last night, but I'm going to go with an old guy and VJ Singh. I think I might have to play a little bit of him. You know, David, he loves to, he loves to get after me for, for the fact that I may be a few years older than him, but it, just if you look at VJ, I mean, he's, he's played here like the last, 
10 straight years. He's missed only one cut. He's got good recent form. You know, he contended a little bit at the uh, at the uh, TPC at Sawgrass and Players Championship. So, you know, I could see playing. Yeah, you know, he's not going to be a cash guy for me. But if I want to throw in, you know, a few GPP lineups with with one of these 6K guys, I'll throw in some some BJ. So there you go. I'm gonna I will I will say no to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a play for me. But uh, hey, we're. Uh, David and I are the uh, are the ages, right? We uh, we just uh, we we always have to. Uh, me not so much. David definitely. He, he, I could have you could have made a. I wasn't here last week, but you could have sold me on Steve Stricker at the U.S. Open last week with the whole Wisconsin narrative, and uh, and that. But um, no VJ for me. Uh, Debo, some other six K. Yeah, the worst that, finisher of all the six point nine K guys. That was He's my one on one. It's got to be one on one. You pick one guy versus VJ. I'll, I'll uh, we'll, we'll take that one. Oh well, then there's I'm, I'm selective, but <laughs> I can't but give you. I, whole I prefer years. most of the six point nine guys. Guys. So yeah, me, yeah, I I think it's definitely Revi over VJ is a no brainer, and even Webb over VJ is a no brainer. But I don't know. We've spent too much time talking about VJ. <laughs> <laughs> Devo, do you have any other value plays that you like this week? Um, yeah, Lucas Glover, 6.6K. Uh, really like his approach game and his par four scoring. Uh, I think his ownership will stay down with all these other fine options, more expensive than him. And, uh, yeah, he just missed a cut or two, didn't he? Yeah, missed cut, 45th missed cut. And after that, it had some really good form before that. So his course history isn't anything uh, to write home about either. So he's my uh, – He's my flyer this week. Uh, Pat, am I crazy? Am I am I eating the shiny new object if I take a stance and play Wyndham Clark this week? Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, I'm not sure why you would do that. I'm just. Hey, he's the shiny new toy. So this guy is. Uh, he just came out of college and uh, 11 top 10s in 13 starts at Oregon. It's his first PGA Tour start. I gave him a sponsor's exemption. He's earned a card on the, the McKenzie Tour or whatever they call it up in Canada. He's my VJ Singh this week. There's our one versus one. All Wyndham right. Clark hey, versus if you want to get Wyndham Clark versus VJ Singh, I'll make, I'm, let's, let's go. All right. We'll, we'll have to figure out the parameters off the air. Uh, but if you got any other values, you can throw them out for the people here before we get off the air. Yeah, I think, you know, I think D Danny Lee is a, is a good choice in that uh, 6,800 range. Um, also, your favorite guy, David Hearn at 6,700. Hey, he's not my guy. Don't don't pin David <laughs> Hearn on me. Just the one tournament I liked him. He's uh, – I, I could – See, playing a little bit of David Hurd. He's been in pretty good, decent form. So there, there you go. Those are the last two. I think we're, we're you know, we're, we're going bottom of the barrel here now that we're talking VJ and Wyndham Clark and, and these type guys. But um, in all serious, though, I think I think Webb is going to be where, you know, a lot of the plays need to be made here in the 6,000 range. Any interest? I know you guys were kind of on Trey Mullinax a little bit last week. It's a different type of course here, but any interest in going back there after his good finish? Yeah, I mean, I think so. But, you know, the thing with him was was more the bomber narrative at, at the U.S. Open. I mean, the guy is an absolute bomber. He's a, he's yeah. You know, so I, I, and that's obviously not what you're going to need on this course. So I can see playing some Mullinux. He's obviously playing great. But, um, 
you know, I don't think it's I'm as strong of a, you know, he's not just, he's not like my favorite guy here when I got a guy like Webb or somebody that's got a little bit more experience. Yeah, I got him on some uh, tournament rosters, but uh, not much else for, for Mullinex this week. Uh, let's see, I threw uh, Wyndham Clark out there, the uh, the college graduate. Uh, Adam Hadwin has kind of fallen off lately, but he's pretty cheap. If you think he can get back on the bandwagon, you go for a hot putter this week. Uh, he's a potential option as well. And with that, we've uh, we've hit on most of the guys for uh, this week. So uh, Pat's Tour Junkies co-host, David, is actually going to be on next week. Uh, I'm away for a work conference, so I will be out next week. But uh, David will be here. We hope he keeps the ship uh, upright, but he'll be here next week along with you. <laughs> and Notorious <laughs> from Rotor Grinders will also be uh, Derek Burnsworth will be on next week as well. And uh, it should be another fun week of DFS golf here. So good luck to all of you with the uh, Travelers Championship this week. And uh, we thank Pat for joining us. For Devo, Pat, and myself, good luck, everybody. And we will see you one week from now for another tournament. Take care. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock, like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only.